welcome to the Expand and Evolve podcast. I'm your host, Carly Pynchon. My biggest lessons in life have been around health, money, and relationships. Each week, I'll be sharing my real, raw, and authentic experiences in hopes that by sharing what I've learned throughout my journey, it will be able to help you on yours. Join me each week as we both evolve and expand into our healthiest, happiest, and most abundant versions of ourselves. I can't wait to grow with you. Hello, you guys. Welcome to today's episode. We're going to be diving into my relationship journey today, and I'm going to just be sharing all about kind of the main relationships I've had in my life um, and obviously my biggest one and like the biggest transition and thing that I'm navigating right now, which is my marriage and the separation and just everything that it has led me to begin learning and understanding about myself. Um, I've gone really deep into trying to understand. I've never believed it's like, it's just that person's fault. Like we both play a role when it comes to a relationship and something in us seeks out the characteristics that we do within the other person. And so for me, it's been really trying to understand like, okay, how did I get here? How did I get to a place where I took on really like the masculine man role where I wanted to lead and like be in control and all of these things that are not really in our nature as women to want to do, but oftentimes happen when we don't feel we can trust or rely on a man. And this can go all the way back to childhood and our relationship with our father or like a previous relationship that we had with a partner where we were hurt. And so we end up building up walls and building up um, just boundaries and barriers around our hearts and feeling like I don't need anyone. I can do it myself. And for me, it's been trying to understand like, okay, how did I get here? And part of me trying to understand how I got here and like my current situation is reflecting on all past relationships and then also my relationship with my dad. Because of course, if you're in like a male-female relationship, a lot of the time the impact is going to be the masculine feminine or the mother and father relationship wounding, whatever you want to call it. Like I'm uh, you'll hear like mother wound, father wound spoken about often if you're into like spirituality, healing journey, all that kind of stuff. And just trying to understand, and it's not necessarily always the mother or the father. It could be generationally. It could be grandma, caretaker, anyone who played that like male or female role in your life. Um, and for some people, it can be father, meaning it it is impacted and like that those characteristics have shown up because of the relationship you had with your dad. It could be the relationship that you watched your parents have. Um, and it also could be previous partners in your life that are the ones who really hurt you that made you seek out the relationships you're currently seeking out right now. And so I thought it would be helpful because obviously this entire podcast, I want the theme to be very much like evolving, expanding, and growing together. Part of that is me wanting to be fully open, transparent with everything and how I understand things in my life that have led to where I am today so that you can kind of have that background and knowing a little bit more about me and like where I am and and what's led to it. If you want to be able to listen to this and like have a better understanding of where I am and where I'm coming from when I'm speaking about certain things. Um, I also feel like I really, in order to evolve and expand, you have to be willing to self-reflect and you have to be willing to know and trust that everything that's happened in your life has happened for you for one, but that you're also the creator. Like you create everything. And this is part of what I believe is like we create everything perfectly for our own healing and growth and expansion and even the bad stuff, like even the 
the stuff that happened in relationships that really hurt, that really caused me pain, that caused me a lot of heartache and heartbreak, knowing that it was all perfect, but also I played a role in that. Like it's never just the other person's fault. Um, something in me sought that out and vice versa, right? Like we we are attracted to each other energetically based on where we are. And I think I think for the wounding that we need to not only be made aware of, but be able to work through in partnership. And so much can be healed and worked through in partnership. It's really easy to feel like, oh, I'm good alone because it alone can feel safe. It doesn't mean that anybody can hurt you. But when you let another person in, you're opening your heart up to be hurt. And that's just part of love sometimes, like relationship, there's going to be moments where you are hurt. Um, And so I think that's the beauty of relationship is it really can open you up to the things that maybe you even thought you've healed through that you have not, or the things that you think you've worked through that you have not. And so a lot of beauty can come from uh, just what happens in relationship. So with that, I figured it would be helpful to kind of go through a couple of my relationships that were really pivotal in my life um, and just kind of how I've been able to reflect on those things and be able to see like, okay, this relationship led to this, which led to this, which led to this. Uh, okay, now I understand why I am where I am today in the situation that I am. So with that, um, again, like my health journey, I feel like trying to stay linear could be really helpful. But then part of me also feels like, maybe giving a little brief synopsis of where I'm at right now could be helpful. So yeah, I think I'll take it back. So see, I just like kind of go on the fly and think on the spot. But um, in terms of relationship, like my first real boyfriend, let's say I was high school, I was like 14, um, 13, 14. Yeah, like 14. First real boyfriend, you know, where you say boyfriend, girlfriend, this relationship I don't know if I really learned a lot. So, but I do think it's helpful. Like I was in a relationship. It was the, um, it was actually the person who they weighed less than me. And so I felt like I needed to lose weight and be smaller than them. So that was interesting, but it's the first person I like fell in love with or like was told I love you and all of those little like baby things. So I always think of this relationship as my little baby relationship. Um, nothing massive to note from that relationship, even though looking back, I'm like, I could probably try to note things. But honestly, my like first real pivotal relationship, I would say, was the relationship I was in from like 15 to 20, 20, 21. Um, and that is the relationship that I think shifted my every relationship after that. And so if you've learned about like masculine, feminine, um, just characteristics of like what that means. We all have masculine, feminine characteristics. There's toxic masculinity, beta masculine, and like divine masculine, basically, if you want to think of three types. And I would say for this relationship, it was the total toxic masculine. So I was fully in my feminine in this relationship. I hadn't had anyone really truly hurt me yet to the point where I was shut down and guarded and like guarding my heart. Um, And so we were kind of friends first, got into a relationship, which I will note, this is something because I've noticed obviously a pattern within myself is I always had a backup plan. So like from my first relationship into my second relationship, there wasn't really any single downtime. It was just, I'm jumping into this relationship because like I'm feeling pulled towards this person and that's just what I'm doing. And so 
I always said, I'm like, I've always just kind of known though from a young age, like I was looking for my person. I don't know if you guys feel that. And I don't know if that's just conditioning of like finding the person you're going to marry and like being chosen and all of that stuff. But I really think for me, it was, I knew part of my like life path was to understand love, understand relationships and to navigate that. And so I was pulled to relationship. I was never someone who felt the need to be single or like navigate that at all. Um, I just was like looking for my person. Okay. This is from when I was really young. So I'm like 15 in this relationship. Don't really know a ton about myself yet. I'm a teenager. Um, and it's my first real relationship where I'm willing to kind of like, I don't know what the right word would be, but like bend and allow them to kind of dictate a lot. Like, you know, when you're in your newest relationships, even in friendships, and it's like, you kind of know who you are, but you're beginning to be a chameleon a little bit to like blend in with whatever your surroundings are. I feel like this is really normal in the teenage years. And even though you might have foundational uh, truths about yourself or like your worth and your value, you may know those things. This is where I feel like a lot of people have that shift, whether that's friendship groups, relationships, whatever it is. Anyways, this relationship in my, um, from like 15 to 20, we ended up going to university together too, was the most toxic relationship I've ever been in myself. Um, toxic because not only like verbally abusive, it got physically abusive. The types of people we were around, like where I grew up, there was just drugs, there was gangs, there was violence, there was fighting, there was, um, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, all the things involved. Um, And I feel like this is the relationship where I really had my heart broken really badly. And I think it's because I started to lose my worth and my value in this relationship. And I was willing to keep trying to do anything I could to maintain that attachment. Uh, And so even though I was being mistreated, I didn't have the courage to walk away. And I also believed like you just make it work, right? Like all those beliefs about relationship where I also think I thought I could like, if I just stayed, like he would shift or he would change or like he would see my worth or see my value. And so I did everything. Like I cooked, I cleaned, I would do his homework. I would do everything and anything for this person. I think to try to be loved, right? I think I was just like seeking love. And I thought if I did everything for them, eventually I would receive that true love in return or like my worth would be seen from that person, which obviously now as an adult, I'm like, obviously that's not how it works. Um, and when you're willing to just get rid of every boundary, honestly, you, the person's going to lose respect for you too. And so I wasn't respecting myself. Um, and it wasn't until I was like 21 ish. I can't remember, but I knew he was cheating. There was different events that happened. And like one of the really, um, horrible moments that I remember was when he was wasted. I think he was on drugs too and was telling me I was going to have to have a threesome. This, ooh, yep, it's going to bring up emotion. Because like I so, I didn't know about anything about relationships. And so in that moment, we're sitting there, it's like four in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, like if, if someone answers right now, do I have to do this? Like, do I have to do this thing. Like he's drunk. He's on drugs. He's telling me I have to do it. Like, do I have to do this? Does this mean, will this be the thing that like makes him love me and see my value? Or like, am I approved if I don't? And all of these thoughts, thank God nobody answered. It was on Craigslist, you guys searching for somebody. Um, and I remember sitting there like, this is so not me. I can't believe I'm in this situation, but it was so fresh. I didn't know anything about relationships. So I didn't know what to do. Um, 
And it wasn't until I was like 21-ish. I knew he was cheating. There was a bunch of moments that happened. There was so much drama. Um, And eventually I was like, okay, I'm just done. I finally got to the point where I was like, I'm done. Like everything about our relationship was so toxic. I was starting to, I guess, find my worth again and my value. Um, And I just realized like, F this. Like I'm not staying in a relationship like this. This is so not cool. It's so toxic. It's so awful. Like we need to just split up and break up. Um, I was 21-ish. And so that was the relationship where I would say I was so in my feminine, but wounded feminine. So like willing to overstep boundaries, not put myself first, not see my value, not see my worth, but doing everything for him, um, hoping that I would be seen as valued and, and appreciated in return. So when I say that, it's like I allowed him to lead. I allowed him to take control. I allowed his decisions and what he wanted, I would just follow. Um, and I do think there's an importance in relationship with male and female for there to be the man to lead and for the women to be able to trust and follow because they respect the person and like they deserve, like we trust their opinions, decisions, whatever. Um, and so anyways, I, that was like a really big moment for me. And I think that was the most heartbroken I've ever felt, um, was through all of that and the cheating and the lying and the just betrayal and like all of those things that happened and not only like physically abusive on his, it was both of us. Okay. Like there was moments I knew if I pushed him, I could push him to do stuff, but I just never did that. Like it was kind of like when you're de- dealing with a drunk person, you can't fight with a drunk person. Like you just got to keep your mouth shut and just not even engage. Um, but on my side too, like I, I became violent in that relationship because there was so much violence around us, I think. And to the point where like nothing crazy. One time I found messages on the laptop this is like one of my favorite stories. I think it's kind of funny. Um, but like messages on the laptop that popped up and I was like, oh my gosh, like he's been lying to me. There was also a lot of porn addiction, weird stuff started showing up in our sex life. Uh, just like all these different things. And I was in university at the time and I felt like I was, we were already starting to like grow apart and I was building up new friendships. I was taking care of my health and my, um, was prioritizing that. I didn't like to go out. I didn't really like to drink. So as in like 1920, he was partying all the time. He was going out all the time. I was at home with my dog, hanging out in my basement suite, watching the Kardashians most of the time. Okay. And I would go out here or there. Um, but anyway, so he, and I see these messages and he's like still sleeping. It's like one in the afternoon probably because he'd been drunk the night before doing who knows what. And the messages pop up and I walked into the bedroom and like smashed his face between the laptop. And I was like, what the F is this? Screaming, like all of these sides of me that I'm like, who the hell is this girl? Like that is not who I am. And why am I putting myself in a situation like this with somebody who is willing to like try to meet up with other girls when I'm here? And I started realizing my value again at this point. Like I was crushing it in school. I'm pretty sure I got like honors. I don't know if I graduated yet, but like straight A's in honors, like doing so good in school, uh, gaining my fitness back, gaining my strength back, all these things. I'm like, why am I putting up with this shit? And so anyways, that was kind of like the end of that relationship. We ended up breaking up. He was like crying, wanted me back, whatever, like all the toxic stuff. But lo and behold, jump into another thing. Didn't think it was going to be a relationship. Thought it was just for fun for a summer. Ends up being a relationship. With this relationship, I consciously knew I was choosing to go for somebody that quote unquote wasn't my type because I needed to shift something. I was like, clearly my type is not working out for me because look at what I attracted in my last relationship. And I got walked all over, treated like crap. Um, And 
yeah, just like it was extremely toxic. So was willing to try something different, went for somebody not totally my type. What I didn't realize subconsciously that I was doing though, is I was going for somebody who I knew, um, couldn't hurt me. And I knew it was like, when you think of the three types of males, the toxic masculine, the beta, which is more like, uh, I don't know, like could use a mother role and is willing to let the female lead. And then divine masculine, who's like a healthy masculine. Okay. This was my first like beta situation where, again, I was guarded. So it's not like he isn't somebody who can be a healthy masculine. My role in the relationship, whether that pushed him to this place or he was already in that place, I don't know. But um, this relationship, there was a lot of alcohol involved. We were drinking all the time, again, with the porn addiction that impacted our sex life. So like this has shown up a bunch of different times. And that's why I have really strong opinions about what porn does to the male brain specifically and how impactful it can be for relationships and why I don't think it's a positive And I think it's actually a really horrible negative um, and used as a substance, just like alcohol, drugs, all the things, and it's an escape. So anyways, I digress. Um, with this relationship though, like it was really healthy and healing for me to have somebody I knew I could trust. And with my other relationship where I never knew what he was doing, who he was talking to, had feelings he was cheating, but never could prove it. So I couldn't like confirm it. For example, all of those things that showed up, this relationship was healing for me because I knew I could trust him. I knew he wasn't going to cheat on me. And I really, I knew he loved me. Um, But at the time, as much as I said, I loved him. I don't think I could have because I was so blocked and guarded still. And in this way of trying to protect myself and being like, I'm never going to let a guy ever do this to me again. I'm never going to do all these things for a guy again. I'm never going to, um, like clean or cook or do any of that stuff. Cause I did all that like wifey stuff and look at where it got me. So I was very hard and not healed at this time in my life. Um, and so I didn't, I was like, I'm not cooking for you. I'm not doing anything for you. And even though I like would love to help you with your laundry, like love to help you with these things. I was like, I'm not helping and I'm not doing anything because when I do that, like look at what it, where it got me. And so I was very much in this honestly, like super guarded and kind of in my masculine where it was like, I want to be in control. I want to lead because if I can lead and I can control, then I know that he can't hurt me and I have the power kind of thing. Um, and that relationship again was like a lot of alcohol, a lot of drinking ended up realizing like it was so not for me. I remember this one moment, um, he was wasted with all my friends and I was, I just like went downstairs and I felt disgusted, disgusted by the situation, disgusted by the drunkness, the alcohol, like everything going on again with drugs in this situation. And I remember going upstairs to the bathroom. I have moments like this at the end and I don't know if this is normal or not normal. You guys can tell me if you relate, but when I'm in that level of pain at the end of a relationship, I always think about dying. And I think that maybe that's normal when you're at that lowest of low where you're hitting your bottom where you're like, I am done with this. You feel like dying or you have thoughts about, I would never kill myself, but like those level of low thoughts. And this happened once in my relationship, my like toxic relationship where I took a bunch of pills and I was like, I'm just going to die. And I didn't. It was like Tylenol. It was fine. But dramatic, crazy thoughts like that. And then in this one, I was laying in the bathtub and like thinking, I'm like, you should just drown yourself. Like that's, that is how low I felt. Um, and I was like bawling my eyes out, just like, how the hell did I get here? And like, this is so not me. And this is so not what I want. Like I'm done. 
And we left that trip and I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm so done with this relationship, but he wasn't ready. He was like, just like, let me try to change. Let me try to show you. Let me try to whatever. I was already done though, but I was like willing to let him try. Um, and then whatever, we get home from this trip and, um, he worked away. And so I just, yeah, would sit in my room and cry and cry and cry because I was like, oh my God, I'm going through another breakup. And like, it's so hard having to hurt somebody. And like, when you know that you're done, but having to actually tell them you're done is so hard. And like, especially because I was like, he's never cheated on me though. Like he never did anything wrong. Like, how am I going to break up with this guy who was so good to me? And trying to do that is really hard because you're like, but they're a good person. Like, why do I want to break up with them if they're a good person? And so I felt this pull to break up with him. I knew I needed to, I knew I wanted to, but he wanted to work on it. So I assumed we were on a break, whatever. He was away working. He still felt like we were together, but my eyes started noticing Daniel at the gym. Okay. And he, I just remember looking at him and like, kind of like I had noticed him before too, but I noticed him from across the gym. And then one time we were walking past each other because like me and other guy break up, but me and Daniel, our eyes are starting to meet. Okay. So like nothing's happening. It was just an eye connection. And this one time our eyes locked and I went, oh my God, I'm going to marry him. So crazy. Have not spoken a word. Don't know anything, but I was like, we're going to get married. Um, time goes by, nothing happens. Don't know who he is. Don't have his number. have never spoken a word to him. Months go by. And my friend was like, you're so annoying that you keep talking about this guy that you're going to marry and you've never even talked to him. Like you have to talk to him. And I was like, eh, whatever. So anyways, jump into our relationship with Daniel. Again, really close after the last relationship. So like jump into that. Um, and it's because I'm like, okay, well, I'm supposed to marry him though. Like I have to jump into it because I'm marrying him. <laughs> and so no time to really like evaluate. And honestly, at 22 though, like did I even have the space or awareness to evaluate myself and like why I was jumping into relationships and what I was doing and was it codependent and what was I needing and what was I seeking and like all that crap. I had no awareness of any of that stuff back then. So me and him jump into a relationship um, and we love the gym and it's great and we get along and we have so much in common and it's really fun and we love spending time together and it was so easy. Like us spending time together was so easy. And again, I'm like, oh my gosh, good. Like I'm finding another good guy. So like that relationship doesn't mean that I just find shitty guys. I can find good guys that are nice and whatever. So like mine and Daniel's relationship, my heart had started opening by this point. I wasn't nearly as closed as I was in my first. Um, but I realized looking back, I'm like, I might've done a little love bombing. Like I'm going to do all these big, nice gestures for you. And like, hopefully I get love in return which I never even realized until recently that I was like, oh shit, I think I kind of did that too. Um, where it was like, I, on his birthday, like would get the biggest cards and like the biggest, like write the most lovey-dovey stuff and like go to like bring him lunch and food. Cause I had my own business at the time and was kind of working, I think part-time. And so I would like bring him food when he was on his birthday and like do all these things. Um, to like show him I loved him. And I was like willing to do that stuff again. So I would say like the feminine nurturing side where it was like, okay, I don't have to just not do things for guys. Like they're not all just going to take advantage of you and not appreciate you. You can do nice things for people. That was just a toxic relationship. Um, but again, in this relationship, I still was in the place of like, I can take care of myself and I'm going to take care of myself because 
I don't ever want to be this person that relies on a man. And like, that's a deep program belief that I've had for a really long time, whether that was from watching people in real, like younger that were like, I'm going to find a guy and I'm going to find a guy with money. And I was always like, ew, like, what do you mean you're going to find a guy with money? Like, I'm going to take care of myself, whether it was from my mom and being able to see her, um, just explain the importance of like having your own money. Like, I don't know exactly where the belief came from. I'm sure it will come through soon enough where I'll be like, ah, like I'll have the aha moment. I haven't had that aha moment yet. So anyways, went into that relationship. Um, just like so happy. I was like, everything is good. We get along. There's nothing toxic. We don't fight. We don't fight. And because my other two relationships had a lot of toxic fighting, unhealthy fighting, because there's healthy, uh, conflict, right? Like it doesn't all have to be bad. It's actually normal. The fact that we didn't fight, I thought was so great. I would listen to my other friends' relationships. Like, oh my God, we're fighting and this is happening, this is happening. I'm like, what? Like we don't fight. So I think everything's perfect. Not realizing that um, because we didn't really fight, it means that anything that bothered us, we didn't really talk about either. And the things that it's kind of like when you're like, oh, let's just push it under the rug and not really deal with it. We would have things happen that were uncomfortable or like conflict, but we would never really talk about it. And so then the next day would come and we'd wake up like everything's fine because like who wants to ruin a whole new day with the stuff from yesterday? And so we just wouldn't really deal with it much. And so we never really had fights until like we were together. I got pregnant. Um, we weren't married. Hadn't even really talked about marriage yet. I think he had just recently moved into my house. We were living in my parents' basement suite. And got pregnant, had a baby. Again, not planned. It was like pure bliss because I'm like, oh my God, I love this baby and everything was good. Got pregnant again with second baby. Everything was good. Um, Everything was good. Like there was nothing bad. But what started happening was we both worked in the beginning and we made pretty equal amounts of money. So it was like he would pay for dinner and do all those things, but I was still working and I was still determined to like build my own business and do all these things. So I was really in that season of growth and expansion and building for myself. And then once I had a second baby, I started a new business and was building that business. And that business is where I would say, because I started being the primary um, income earner, things really started to shift. And then through um, the pandemic and stuff, like I never noticed things were starting to show up and shift. So everything was good, let's say, right? And um, like there was nothing that I could say was bad and nothing I even noticed was off at this point. So we're in 2020 and I've built a business. And part of why I wanted to build that business was I was like, okay, you don't love your job. You're not super passionate. Everything I'm doing, I'm so passionate about. I'm so happy about. I like love it. I want you to find that passion too. And when I asked him, I was like, what does your dream life look like? And he was like, well, I'd love to spend more time with the kids and like be able to golf or um, go to the gym or all these things. And so like I listened to all of the things he wanted. I was like, okay, I'm going to go build this so that you can have that. Very masculine, like very in my masculine, clearly taking the role of leading. Not that this is wrong, but what happens is if you stay there as a female, typically it's going to lead to burnout. It's going to lead to a lack of respect and it's going to lead to resentment. Never could have known these things at that time when I decided to do that. Okay. So I hear everything he wants. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to give him this. Cause like, I love him so much and we're going to have this great life and whatever. So 
meantime, I'm like, I just wanted him to like, I thought if he got rid of his job that he wasn't super passionate about, he would be able to begin to find his passions and like do what I'm doing, right? Where I'm like, I have time and I'm like finding my passions and I'm pursuing them and I'm building business and like, it's great and I love my life. I just assumed he would do the same thing. Not everyone is the same. (laughs) Not everyone has to be the same. But this is where, again, hindsight 2020 looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I see the role I played here. Um, So anyways, I go out and build this business. We're like loving life, getting all this time together. He's getting time with the kids. And that was super special because he really didn't have much of a relationship with my first uh, because he was working all the time. And so that was really amazing to have him be able to rebuild that. And then with the second, he was around for everything. And I'm so grateful he was because I was super disconnected from my second with everything that happened during my birth. Um, And him being there, I was able to like pass him off to him every time I wasn't able to console him. And I think that was also healing and special for him to be able to get that relationship with the newborn that he didn't get with my first. And so they had a really special relationship where me and my first had a different relationship. Anyways, so build the business. Now I'm the main income earner and kind of the provider role. And without even realizing it, it had started, there was other things that were impacting our relationship. Um, our sex life right from the beginning, like porn was involved yet again, which I'm always like, okay, what is the lesson here? Um, but I also just think many men are addicted to it and don't realize the impact it can have on your intimate relationships. And so he's has the porn stuff. So our sex life is impacted that way. Um, should have known that was something to like have alarm bells go off about. Like, okay, if our sex life and we can't be intimate right from the beginning, like what is this? But I'm willing to just keep pushing through because like, we'll figure that out. It's not that important, right? Not realizing, yeah, it's like very important. And so we ended up actually building a better relationship, uh, sex relationship after babies, which I know so many people are like, oh my gosh, a relationship after babies. Like, no, it brought us way closer um, and made us more comfy. And I think that was great. So anyways, Fast forward to like when I realized, oh shit, something's off. Uh, and I didn't even notice it was like the first moment because I had the thought of divorce. It was like December 2020, I think. We were getting ready for a photo shoot. And this was so dramatic that I was just like, oh yeah, it's just like, haha, just so funny, like thinking about divorce. It's just like dumb fight. No, this was different. This was like, I think, my first moment where I was starting to realize things were off. And so, I felt a lot of betrayal from like the lying and stuff about the porn stuff and like finding it on his phone one time. And like, I felt a lot of betrayal there because I was like, I just want you to be honest and like truthful with me. And because that wasn't there, I felt lied to. I felt like that same feeling of being cheated on where you find something out and it's like, oh my gosh, I've been betrayed. It was like that. Um, And so that was in summer of 2020, I think. And then that fall, winter, whatever, we were doing family photos and like we were kind of fighting and having a little tiff. And I was like, oh my God, divorce. Like I was starting now looking back as I'm saying this to you, they were the first moments of resentment building, okay? Which I was not aware of that was happening this whole time where he was off. I was on, had all the pressure on me to like be the provider, to take care of everything. And he never asked me to do this. I put myself in this role. Okay. And then when he, I'd be like, you can't like, you need to figure out what you, I was trying to control the whole situation. Like, no, you can't go back to work full time, but you're supposed to find out what you want to do. But like, maybe he wanted to go back to work full time, but I was like, no, you have to stay home, whatever. So I completely take my ownership on like my position and putting us in this situation to begin with. But again, I believe everything is perfect for our healing. So like had those things not happened, I couldn't have learned that me being the provider and being the man and like being that role as a woman was going to lead to not respecting your partner, resentment and burnout. 
Like I grew up thinking, oh my gosh, I never want to let a guy take care of me where now I'm like, oh my God, please. I would love to like be in a relationship with someone who could provide and take ownership and I could trust them to lead and could trust my heart with them because my heart is finally open again. So anyways, I had been really open with my heart when we first got into a relationship, but then those little moments of hurt made me start to close again. And um, again, I didn't understand with this language back then that I do now, but now looking back, I'm like, oh crap. Like I was building resentment. I was holding anything that went wrong in our relationship. I was holding on to because I was holding on to the old stuff from my old relationships too, because I was afraid if I let it go and let those mem- and let it go that it meant I was forgiving and like letting, if I let it go, I felt like it was letting, it would be gone forever from my memory and it would allow, it would make me allow these people to be able to hurt me again. And by me holding it all, it made me feel like if I hold on to this, then no one can ever do this to me again because I remember what it looked like, what they did. And so I'm going to protect myself from ever letting somebody hurt me again. That's not how it works. I know that now. But when I started therapy to try to break down these walls in my heart and I had to freaking try to use dynamite and I still wouldn't let them go, I was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm still guarded, still hurt, still holding a lot here from like ex relationships, from my marriage, from little moments um, that I thought weren't a really big deal that really, really hurt me. Uh, yeah, there's a lot there. And so, um, anyway, so it, what I realized in that is like me taking on that provider role how much it impacted our relationship and the resentment that was building through that entire season. And so it was like December, 2020, we ended up leaving to go to California in March of 2021. And it wasn't until that summer that I was like listening to a podcast that was talking about soul contracts where I had the first moment pop up of going, Oh shit. I think our soul contract is up because when I heard it, it just felt like you know those moments where you get hit with truth and you get goosebumps all over and you're like, oh, like that is a truth of a truth. That's what it felt like to me. And then later that day or the next day, I can't remember, um, this app called The Pattern came up and there was a blurb about for me to have the, like for me to have the love I've always wanted or the family I've always wanted, something like that, I'm going to have to give up the idea of the picture perfect family. And I fell to my knees bawling because I realized in that moment I was so in love with the idea of how everything looked. I don't even know if I knew myself well enough or him well enough to know, like, do I really love you? Can I even really love you when I don't love myself, for one? But could I have chosen and loved you? Or was it the idea of what it all looked like? And I know I love him. I know that I do. But in that moment, it was like a, wow, I did so much unconsciously for how it looked, not actually what it felt like. And at the time, I never could have even known what I needed and what things felt like and what I was looking for in terms of feelings because my heart was still kind of blocked. And I was looking for things that I thought societally like, oh, he has a job. He goes to the gym. He has a nice body. I love his eyes. I like his lips. And um, what was the other thing? Uh, He has a good family. And like, what was the other one? There was something else that like were the big ones for me. Um, we're looking back. Well, yeah. And like, we're going to look so cute together because we're like the gym couple and like, it'll be good for Instagram. And like things like that played a role in my choices where now, like I can't imagine choosing a partner that I'm going to have children with and marry for how it looks on Instagram. Like that is the most insane thing, but I was 22 and like shit was still surface level then. I was still surface level then. I hadn't gone through my journey of 
um, understanding like my my self-worth and my self-love, like that was all unraveling at the beginning of my relationship with him. And he was so awesome at just holding space for me then and like just letting me move through my stuff. Um, but at the same time, I think me leading was because he didn't really take that on. And I don't think he'd found his power yet. And I think even to this day, I'm like, if he could just find his power, this dynamic could be so different. But the way it was with that dynamic of me being the provider was not working. And I lost respect. And that led to me not being very nice to him for a lot of the time, really not valuing anything he was doing. Um, and I couldn't like stand him to be around him. Our energy was terrible. And so even though there was nothing bad, there was nothing toxic, there was nothing um, hurtful, like we got along well, we just got along like bros. Like that's the only way I can describe it is we got along like friends. Like it wasn't super romantic. It wasn't super lovey. Um, I didn't feel like I could trust and allow him to lead. And that's not on him either. That's on me and my own guarding. And so I just took over. And I think the biggest shift now looking back is like, if I was to be either in a relationship with him or anyone moving forward, is like, I have to be willing to connect to my heart, open my heart, realize my needs and allow the man to lead. And like through all of the crazy of 2020 and 2021, it was like, I was so desperately wanting a protector provider, um, and somebody to, for me to be able to just like step back and let them take control and power. And I, yeah, just started to realize how much that was lacking and missing in our relationship. And so for like two years, I just hoped for a different result. I hoped for things to feel different. I hoped it would just shift and change. Um, in the first little while, I never even knew how to like articulate it or say it to him because I was like, how do I tell this like person I'm married to that I'm not sure how I feel about them? And like now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I would have just talked to him about it and said it, but we never had hard conversations. Like we never talked about hard things. We never talked about the hard stuff. We just brushed everything under the rug and like acted like everything was fine because both both of us were really good at just pushing it away and not dealing with it. And I used to store everything down. Like I would feel like crying. I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to do that right now. Distract, go do something else. Um, and so I just wouldn't deal with things where now I'm like, okay, I would tell him, okay, I'm feeling really off. And I'm like feeling like we should break up. We should probably work on this and fix this and try to understand why. I wasn't even that person two years ago. I didn't know how to say that or do that. Um, and so, yeah, anyways, that led to about two years of confusion and hoping things would be different. And when they weren't, that was really hard. And having to decide to separate was the hardest thing in the world because I'm like, I have two babies though. And like, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to separate them? And I'm going to ruin their lives and like all of those thoughts. And eventually it had to just be like, okay, but what's making me want to do this now more than ever was realizing, holy crap, there's so much I brought into this relationship from the dynamic of my parents. They weren't married. They had a baby not married. Um, both of my parents worked, but like my mom, I don't think she ever really could trust my dad to lead because of she has so much resentment and she's obviously lost respect. And so I was seeing all of that happen. And then I also was witnessing relationships around me where I watched them and I was like, oh my God, they love each other. Like they really love each other. Like they want to hug each other. They want to kiss each other. They want to dance together. They want to spend time together. They want to be intimate with each other. I'm like, we don't have that. Yeah, we can have sex. Yeah, we can hang out. Yeah, we can be 
friends and like get along, but like that's not what our relationship is like. And my boys have never seen him like come up and grab me and hug me and do that stuff. Like that's not what they've seen. And I realized, well, I never grew up seeing that either. So why would I have expected or like sought out a relationship that would give me that because I had never had that displayed? So I used to say things like, I don't like PDA. Do I not? Or was I just never displayed it in a way that would make me feel comfy and loved? And so I realized because I never loved myself, I had a really hard time receiving love, but I also had a lot of wounding from love unreceived where I would give love and it wouldn't be received. And like, that's really normal too. When you're trying to love someone who doesn't love themselves or their heart is blocked, they can't even feel it. They can't even be open to it. They can't even allow it. And, um, yeah, that was me. So I started to realize like love unreceived was around me, me being not super open to receiving love. Even when he was new, things were off and he was trying to give me love. I couldn't receive it. I was too closed down at that time too shut down to receive it. Um, and yeah, so anyways, that all led to all of last year, me really diving into a healing journey of trying to discover myself, trying to understand myself, trying to understand how we got to where we were. I started therapy. I started energy healing. I started um, understanding relationships more, like looking into this masculine feminine thing, trying to understand polarity and dynamics and and just understanding like, oh shit, like I played a major role in this by taking on the man's role. Like I used to think like, oh, that's so archaic to say the man should lead and make the money. And now I'm like, mm, not necessarily that they have to make all the money. Like you can make money, you can have a business, you can be successful. But when it comes to a relationship, like as a woman, we want to be led. Like that allows us to trust you and like allow you us to open. And like ultimately what is the, I mean, you should read if you guys haven't read this book, but like, um, what the heck is it called? Uh, the way of the superior man. It's so good because the whole time I was reading it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like it talks a lot about how the man is supposed to penetrate and push and move forward and pursue. And I'm like, ultimately we all want that as women. Like we want to feel chosen. We want to feel loved. We want to feel ravished. We want to feel taken. Like you can take control of us and we can trust you to take control. And I didn't have any of that. And I never could have known that that's what I wanted had I not gone through this experience of like realizing that I'm also going to have to take a step back and stop being the dude and like being in control and allow the guy to lead. Um, so yeah, anyways, that is like the basics of where I'm at right now and everything I'm learning and everything that I've learned that I contributed um, and a big, big one for me, because I get asked this all the time and I'll probably do an episode on this. People are like, what made you decide to stay or decide to split? And I went, because I want my boys to see me loved in a way that they learn how they're supposed to love a woman. Oh, that brought up some emotion. Um, because when I watched my friends, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. When I watched my friends. Ugh. Okay. Reel it in. Dance in the kitchen together. And like the love in their eyes of wanting to be close. And they had their babies there. Sandy and Wade, <laughs> Rachel and Anthony. I love you guys. But we were on this trip and I watched them and I went, wow, my kids have never seen anything like that. And I don't even feel like I'd want to do that with him right now. And for me, that was the moment where I was like, 
I need them to grow up seeing their mother loved. I didn't grow up seeing my mother loved the way she should have been. I love my dad and I love my mom, but their relationship, I've said my whole life, you guys need to break up. And like, I don't know exactly what Daniel has seen through his younger years of what his parents were like. Um, but I want my boys to see what it looks like to love. And I don't want them being like seeing a relationship where it's okay to not have that. Like they need to know that you need to take control as a man and like go in there and grab her and like take her to be yours. Like once they're boys and adults, like I want them to know that. And so whether that's like us and we work it out and we can completely transform our dynamic or it's somebody else, I was just like, I want them to see that and I'm ready to allow that in. I don't think I was ready to allow that in before. And I've done a lot of work over the last two years. Oh my gosh, where is this one coming from? See, all the feeling, you guys. I never used to let myself cry. Now I just like cry all the time. Um, But I have a lot. Oh, okay. It's really wanting to come out. I have a lot of years where I didn't let myself feel. And like in that toxic relationship, I had to be hard. Like when you're around people who there's violence, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's gang stuff, there's drug, like the drug, like like all the shiz in that area and like all of the pain and how hard they were and hardened hearts, like you harden your heart out of protection. And so I didn't feel like there's so much that I just didn't allow myself to feel because I like needed to be strong and needed to be hard and guarded. And so now I feel like it's just been like unraveling of just letting it out and letting it out and letting it out and allowing myself to feel. Um, And I also never saw my mom when she showed emotion. My dad never nurtured or cared for it. He never grabbed her and was like, oh, and like she would cry alone. And I don't want that. Like if I'm in a relationship, I want us to be able to cry together and him be able to hold me the same way I can hold him. Um. And I'm doing, like, I'm making that such a priority with the boys of, like, holding them in their emotion and letting it be okay because I never want them to grow up to be adults who don't think it's okay to show their emotion. And I also don't want them feeling like they have to cry alone. And anyways, so, so much has been coming up for me, but I've done a lot of work over the last two years to open my heart because part of the issue was that I was not open. So without an open heart, you're not fully connected to yourself. You can't fully love yourself and you can't fully love another. And I'm really learning that like until you fully, I never used to understand that. Like if you can't love yourself, you can't love another. I'm like, no, I love people. Mm, Did I, or did I love the attachment? Because what I've realized is a lot of my relationships were attachments. Sure. Love. Yes. There was love there, but in the last six months, I've learned the true meaning of unconditional love when I'm ready, this is getting too long. I can open up about that whole situation too. Um, but I've really understood and learned the meaning of true unconditional love. And I think the only reason I've been able to access that and learn it is because November of last year, I felt my heart break like wide open for the first time. And since that moment where I actually felt it fully open, I was like, oh my God, I feel it. Like I feel love. I love you and I love you and I love you. And I was like, I just feel love for everyone and everything because I finally had done enough that my all those walls I had put up were gone. And since then, anything that's hurt me since has been a fight of being very aware 
okay, I could put up a wall here right now, but how is that going to help me stay connected to anyone or anything? And how is that going to create space for somebody to come in and have me be able to connect with them heart to heart and be open? I won't be able to. So ever since then, that was like November of 2022. Um, I have anything that's caused pain or hurt. I've allowed myself to feel it, move through it and not put up walls around it and have been able to learn what it means to just love without attachment, without need in return, like to just be love and show love. And I think a huge part of why I'm able to experience this now is because I've allowed myself to find me again and reconnect to myself. And I think I really can truly say like, I love and value myself. I love being alone with myself. I like, I think I used to be afraid of that. I used to be afraid of spending that time with myself. I used to be afraid of feeling. I used to be afraid of emotions coming up. And now I'm like, oh no, I love being alone and I love who I am when I'm connected to my heart. And now because of that time, I'm so hyper aware when I'm with people and I move out of that space and I move into whether it's head or ego or whatever it is, like I can feel it when I move out of my heart and I don't like that person. And I'm like, I can't believe I used to operate my entire life that way. And now it's so obvious too. And like, if you're someone who's been able to reconnect with your heart and really find love for yourself, it's so easy to spot people who are guarded and shut down and hard and hurt who are still living with like a guarded heart. It's really easy to see now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just used to live like that. Um, So anyways, that's kind of my relationship journey. And right now I would say it's the first time in my life since I was freaking 14, 13, that I have been alone with no backup plan, like no guy that I'm like pursuing because I would pursue them too. Like I pursued every relationship, honestly. Um, It's the first time in my life I'm not pursuing anyone. Like I'm so content with myself and I like being on my own. I like, like this has been so fun being able to like talk to this mic and like have it be my open diary to like talk through my thoughts, um, to be able to journal, to self-reflect, to get to know myself better, to take myself on like coffee dates and walks and do things alone and like really get to know me. And I feel like this is just the beginning of such a beautiful journey because by me getting to know me so intimately and so well, when it's time for a new relationship to come back into my life or like just to be open for a new person, like whatever that looks like, I'm not committed to anything right now. I'm like open to whatever, which is of course going to be the time when something comes in. I feel like is is when you don't need it and aren't looking for it, that's when it will happen. But um, I'm just trusting that like everything I'm learning about myself is preparing me to actually be open and in a space for the partner that I've always kind of dreamed of, but was too afraid to ask for or say. And I was too, I didn't know myself well enough. Like I was too wounded for somebody who was healed to ever be able to come in and and be able to have that relationship with me. And so it's like if I hadn't done the work to open my heart, I never would be in a place to be open to receive the love that like this person is going to try to give me. So right now that is my main focus is like keep doing the work, keep figuring myself out, keep self-reflecting, keep looking back on everything that's led to the point that we're in right now um, and just knowing like and trusting everything will work out. And the most important thing you can do is realizing like you are the one. And that book, Becoming the One, has been so good too if you need exercises. But realizing like that person that you were searching for your whole life, at least this was for me, 
in relationship and with people was me. And even this last situation that I got myself in, it was like I was seeking out that protector provider energy when really, and like that is a whole situation I'll talk about (laughs) in another episode. Um, But because I saw that in someone else, really what I needed was to see it in me and find that in me. And like, yes, I know how to provide financially, but like the safety security piece of thinking I wanted that outside of myself, it's been within me all along. And what I finally realized it to be was grounding. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like your root chakra and like meditation and just grounding. You can provide yourself your own safety and security. Um, And that was the thing I was missing was to sit in stillness, ground myself. And by regulating my own emotions, grounding myself, learning how to do all that, um, I've been able to find the safety security I was seeking outside of me within me. And now I don't feel like I'm seeking anything outside myself anymore. Um, And it's a really beautiful place to be where I don't feel like I need somebody else and I need an attachment to try to fill something that I'm missing within myself. It's like, that's the real work is Everything that you think you need outside of you, how can you give it to you? How can you nourish that relationship with you? How can you nurture your relationship with you? Because when you get to that place where you can give yourself everything you need and realize you don't need anything outside of you to make you feel whole, healthy, and happy and complete, um, it is so freeing. And you don't need anything anymore. So you you don't attract attachments. I think I'll only attract love. It'll be just, it'll just be different. So, um, I really do believe in trust though. Every relationship that comes in is to teach you the lessons you need and help you on your, your healing journey and relationship can sometimes be the absolute best way to do that. So anyways, that's a little brief little synopsis on where we're at right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. This is a long one. Um, and there's so much more I could say, so we'll definitely do more relationship ones and like can break those up. But, um, yeah, Hopefully that gave you a little oversight on just a little bit more about me and my intimate relationships and just what I am learning about me um, right now in my first season of just like actually being alone without a backup plan that I'm like jumping into because I'm finally getting to know me, the real true me and my heart for the first time in a really long time and I'm enjoying it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being here and we'll talk on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am so proud of you for taking the time out of your day to prioritize you. And I hope you found something of value that's going to assist you in evolving and growing into your healthiest and happiest self. If something in today's episode stood out and you feel like it could help someone you know, send this episode their way or share it on social and tag me at Carly Pynchon and let me know your key takeaways so I can see what you loved most. If you could also leave me a review on the platform you're listening on, I would appreciate it so much and be forever grateful. Don't forget to check out all the links in my show notes where you can download freebies, sign up for masterclasses, and join my mailing list where I offer more exclusive content. I can't wait to connect again on next week's episode. And between now and then, take a moment right now to schedule something in that allows you to prioritize you.